Very familiar words. Proxam. God is our refuge, our refuge and strength. And ever present help in trouble. And trouble comes in all shapes, forms, sizes. It comes at all times. But one thing we can be sure of in this life, we will have trouble. And we have many ways of dealing with trouble. Um, you know, my, 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 I would say my default unredeemed reaction is I'll try and fix it myself. You know, there's some people who always look to someone else to give them assistance and have no problem with that. I tend to try to sort it out myself. That's, that's, what should I say, my, my basic nature. And many times in trying to sort out this trouble, I get myself into some deeper trouble. And you would think that you would learn from history, but somehow, and I don't think I'm peculiar, we as people, we tend to repeat history over and over again. And we find ourselves getting into deeper and deeper issues until we get to the point where we have to ask for help. Um, thank you. And something that comes along with trouble quite often is fear. Mm -hmm. You start to run scared. And when you're fearful, you start to do some things that you would think are totally illogical if you didn't have that fear factor. But in Psalms, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You start to dissect this. If you look at refuge, what is a refuge? It's a hiding place. It's some place where we can hide from trouble, where we are protected from trouble. God is our refuge. So he's saying, you know, you can hide here. And strength. So, even if we're in the hiding place and something tries to attack us, we've got a strong protector. An ever-present help in trouble. This is as if there are only certain times we can go to this hiding place. Or it's only open at certain hours or certain times. An ever-present help in trouble. Always present. And this is something that we need to remember, that I need to remember. Because it's a help to me. Actually, interestingly enough, this morning I went by my father. In Army on Sunday morning. And Tony Evans was on. Now, this is not a plug for Tony Evans because what I really want to talk about here is the analogies that Tony Evans is using. Um, he, one of the analogies that he used was a scuba diver because he was talking about the kingdom and who's king and all those sorts of things. And he said, you know, when a scuba diver goes into the sea, he's in a, he's not in familiar territory. He is in basically another kingdom. He's in a place where he's not familiar, where he really isn't made to be. He isn't supposed to be. And, but what he takes with him so that he can survive in this environment. He's in a foreign environment. That was the term he used, I think. He's in a foreign environment. He was a foreigner. And he can't survive in that environment on his own. At least not for very long. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You may be able, depending on how good your, your lungs are, you may be able to survive there for a few minutes. But after a while, you're going to perish. Unless you have the scuba tank. He takes something from his environment so that he can survive in another environment, in this foreign environment. And that's what we have to do. That's what we need to remember. Because I thought it was such a great analogy. Mm -hmm. We live in an environment that we were created for. Now when we go into another environment, we better take something from that environment so that we can survive. And on the face of it, talk about the scuba diver going from, let's say, you know, terra firma into the sea. You may think that, okay, once we are on land, we're okay. But what he was talking about was spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. The life that we lead as people, we are in an environment where we may think we're comfortable and we're taken care of, but are we really? Do we really know where our hiding place is? Do we really know where we go in times of trouble? Where is our ever-present help in times of trouble? Who is king? Before we knew Christ, we were in the kingdom of Satan. And when we come to know Christ, we have a new king. We've got a Christ as our king. But we are still living in a kingdom that's ruled by Satan. So what do we have to take when we get up in the morning and we go to work or we go to a party or we read the newspaper? Wherever we go, what are we taking with us from this new kingdom that we are part of so that we can survive in that old kingdom that we came from. We need to make sure that we always have it. Just like that scuba diver. He is going to die unless he starts breathing from that scuba diver. Even if he takes it with him, if he doesn't use it, he's going to die. And as long as we live and breathe in this world, we need to make sure that we stay subject to the right king. And what our king is saying is, I am your refuge. I am your strength. I am always present. So whatever trouble we have, we know we've got a hiding place. Whatever fear we've got, we've got someone who can overcome that fear. But it isn't going to happen. Unless, like a scuba diver, we make use of those tools that will be made available to us. Unless we run into the hiding place. I mean, if we stay right in the open, we can be sitting ducks. Who is our king? Let's look at Psalm 138.3. When I asked for your help, you answered my prayer and gave me courage. I mean, when do we ask for help? Not a trick question. In time of need. In time of need. I mean, if we don't need help, 
There's a cry involved with people asking for help. When do we need help? In time of need. Who should we be asking for this help from? Now, these may seem very basic things, but unless we remind ourselves of the steps that we ought to take, who is our king, who we serve, what's available to us as a result of being members of this kingdom. And, you know, in a kingdom, there's only one king. We don't have a pile of kings. When you have a pile of kings, there is absolute chaos in the kingdom. So we have to remember we are subject to the king. You know, another thing that Tony Evans said was, he's talking about many kings. He said, you know, if I'm living in my house, I'm king of the castle. You can come into my house and you can tell me you don't like the color of the paint on the walls. And that's good information. You can tell me you don't like the food that my wife just cooked. That's fine. But at the end of the day, I make the final decision what happens in my house. Because I'm king of the castle. And you have to abide by the rules in my house. And then he started talking about the exception. He said, now all of you here, well not all of you, but most of you, anyway, those of you who are parents, you've had teenagers. <laughs> and quite often, teenagers, even if you didn't have teenagers, were once teenagers. And you know what teenagers are like? They want to be king too. <laughs> they want to set the rules. Yeah. They're in charge. <laughs> and if you let them be in charge, think about what the house is going to be like. They have to get to the point where they realize that if they're going to be in the house, they have to be subject to whoever's in charge of the house. And when they're subject to whoever's in charge of the house, when it works properly, whoever's in charge of the house makes sure the house runs well. And they can be comfortable knowing that once they abide by the rules, they're okay. And when the king does his job, and they have to leave the house, they will still be okay. And we need to remember that when we think of who we ask for help. Who is, who is God? To be quite honest, my son asked me that question last night. Because my son, he loves to challenge me. He's not a teenager anymore, but he still likes to set some rules. He likes to show up that. And I refuse to be drawn on that one. Because it started with a discussion about art. And my son loves apologetics. He loves apologetics. He loves theology. Um, but where he and I differ sometimes is the use of theology and the actual practice of Christianity with all that knowledge of theology. And with young people today, you've got to be very careful when you encourage them to gain lots of knowledge. Because that's only one half of it. You also have to practice God's love. And too often I find that our young people who are very well grounded, as far as knowledge is concerned, the head knowledge, the heart and the hands aren't there necessarily. 
and you have to work with them for them to understand what God expects of us. Mm-hmm. You know, what it really means to bow before the Lord. It doesn't mean just to know who he is and what he's done and to use big words. But to be able to go to Shadwell and let him know that he's loved, that God is working through you, and the example that you set is a godly one. And sometimes you just have to end discussions. That's because you're trying to take that person to a place where they want to be. Um, rather than falling prey to that person trying to prove a point, just for the sake of proving a point. And as Christians, we have to make sure that whatever we do, whatever we do, really is for the glory of God. And by that, it also means that you are doing whatever you do for the good of the person that you're relating to. Because quite often, God uses us to be that hiding place, to be that refuge for someone. And we have to be open to be a refuge. And it doesn't mean that you have to be, you, you can read the Bible, sorry, you can recite the Bible from the front to the back and argue every point. It means that you know the Lord, you love the Lord. You're aware of his word. You've hidden his word in your heart and you want to be obedient to him and you're making yourself available. Um, because Satan is an accuser. He's going to make you feel deficient. Mm-hmm. God will enable you. He will strengthen you. He will give you whatever is needed to accomplish his purpose. And when we go to the Lord in prayer, we expect a response. Because this great strength, this hiding place, is supposed to take care of us. And we pray. And sometimes it may seem that God has not answered. But quite often that means God has not answered the way we expected. But I can tell you, God always answers. Because he said he will. Even if he says no. Even if he says no, and you don't like it. When we pray, the problem may not go away. The trouble may not go away. But the God who is our strength will give us strength. And sometimes he will strengthen us so we can go through the problem. And you know, quite often if someone comes to me and they have a problem, if I can identify with that problem having gone through it, I'm that much more credible. Rather than being theoretical and saying, well, let's, let's see what the Bible says. Oh, yeah, that's what you should do. Quite often I can see them saying, you have no idea what I'm facing. And sometimes that's what God is doing in our lives. Allowing us to go through things so that we are credible when we have to face issues with other people. Now, quite often at funerals, you know, the verse of Corinthians is recited, you know, the God of all comfort will comfort you. But the rest of that is, reads, so that you can comfort others. And when you're going through all of that grief, that last bit may be the last thing on your mind. 
but two, three, four years down the road, you realize that what you just went, sorry, what you went through back then, allowed you to help your friend or your neighbor. And sometimes that allows you to be that refuge. Actually, that's God's refuge. Because quite often God can't, or he won't, appear and say, here. But he may be saying, Priscilla, please, hug Chadwell, because he's going through a rough time. I've prepared you for that. You're my hiding place for Chadwell, or for Koa, or for Candy. And not only must we be able to look to the Lord to be our refuge, but a challenge may be, can we be used by the Lord to be a refuge for someone else? That's where the difficulty may come. That's where we may, may have trouble. But even in that trouble, we ourselves can go to the Lord, and He will provide a refuge. He will be our refuge. So, one of the things that I want to leave you with is, yes, we have a God who is our refuge. But, if you're going to be obedient, if you're going to be God-honoring, let's make ourselves available to be refuge. Be used by the Lord to be a refuge for others. Actually, any comments? Any thoughts? Well, our time is not our time. We have to remember that too. We expect answers in the morning. But sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes years. It takes years. And you have to become consistent in your work. Exactly. He does that for you. What do you think? What do you think that reason? I think that if you have an answer right away, then you're not sure whether it's God granting. But then you have to pray and pray and pray and find you get what you need. To me, I think that you know that that's God granting. I also think that it helps relationship. Yeah. Relationship with God. Because if I pray to God, God gives me the answer like that all the time. How much time do I spend with him? Um, you know, I think of my days before I was married to Denise. And if I said, the first time I met Denise, I said, okay, I want to marry you. And she said, yes. And our life just went that way. That would be probably the most unfulfilled life I can imagine. Because we would not be spending much time with one another, we'd just be making decisions and that's it. But when we're able to talk, we come to each other often. We want to communicate with one another. And not just asking for this, but just talking. Just being in the presence of one another. That develops relationship. And that's what God wants. He wants to have a relationship with them. Um, and as we develop relationship, we get to know one another's needs. We're able to invest in one another. And as we spend time with God, that allows God to invest in us. Now, when we start to shortchange God, that limits the time He has to invest in us. Which actually leads me on to the next slide. Thank you. 
You will search for me, and when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. Jeremiah 29, 13. Do you want to know God? And quite often we say, yeah, we want to know God. But do we really want to know God? Because relationship, relationships come with all sorts of benefits. But they come with responsibilities also. Whether it's man to man or man to God. We have great benefits, but we also have great responsibilities. Are we willing to give our whole heart over to God? You know, with the, there's this um, example about the closets and the rooms in your house. Is there a room in your house that you keep into yourself that God can't go into? Well, if that's the case, you really don't want to know God. Mm -hmm. You really don't. If you're saying, you know, this time has to be for me. And that's a real popular saying, I have to have time for me. I have to do this for me. Do you, know, do you really want to know God? Now, I'm not saying you need time to relax, to relate to family, etc. But is the primary purpose to relate to family for time for me? Or is it so that I can glorify God and serve the Lord better? And that may sound trivial or unrealistic, but it's not. Because if you really want to know someone, I know for a fact that I wanted to know Denise. I don't care where I was, what I was doing. If I had an opportunity, I'd take it. And it got to the point I almost killed myself. Because I ran off the road, I was so tired. But I had to see Denise that night and she said, Yeah, boy, you can come over. But I hadn't slept in about two days. And I ran off the road on Gladstone Road. And I came to a friend of mine was staring at me, you okay? And of course I said yes, and blood was just streaming from my head. But I wanted to know the least. Actually, who's in charge? I'll just read a little. Denise and I had a, 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 a text exchange on Friday. Denise for Okay. Who's in charge? I had to go to a meeting, a very, a, a very urgent meeting. It was with a major client. Okay. Um, oh, this the trip is lost. Right, I was I was in a meeting and I got a text. But this in the end, but the trail of the text was um, trail of the text. All right, yeah, we were we were planning. Um, oh, that, that was it. Oh, sorry. This text starts with in meeting, right? This was my response to Denise. Because Denise was asking me some questions, and I had my phone on silent. And there were little breaks in the meeting, and I was just doing this. And answering Denise. Because things were happening at the house, and Denise wanted my input. And I was not, with all of things, in meeting. So here's Denise's response. Okay. Transformer is smoking. <laughs> Trying to contact Ricky. She got no response from me. 
please excuse yourself from the meeting. We may have a file to deal with shortly, and I'm getting no response. Actually, the response isn't on the text, because I stepped out of the meeting, and I made the phone call. Okay? What's important in your life? That meeting was very important to me. But my wife, my family, my house were under attack. That meeting was not very important anymore. Not very important anymore. Really, I was manly and said, excuse me. But if they said, no, you aren't excused, it wouldn't have made a difference. No. I was gone. Okay? Your wow. priorities. In our life, if you say we love God and we say that God is the supreme being but has control of our life, actually has control of the entire universe, and we relegate him to second, our life is going to be filled with trouble. And we are going to be filled with fear and doubt. And we are going to combat that fear and trouble and doubt with more trouble. What Jeremiah is saying here is what the Lord expects is for us to look for him with all our heart and when we find him make sure he stays there. And if he stays there he will be our refuge in time of trouble. He will be ever-present. But if he doesn't stay there, then you say, I don't want you there anymore, Lord. I'm going to deal with myself. I will be my own refuge. And that's the recipe for disaster. When you read the newspaper in the morning, that's what we see. The recipe for disaster being full-baked. We as Christians, we have to stop the foolishness. Is God the Lord of our life? Or isn't He? Do we want to be comfortable in the world? Or do we want to do what the Lord says we ought to do? Be obedient to Him all the time. That requires a continual prayer, an attitude of prayer, a desire to know God's Word, and also to apply it. God is love. If you're saying we're going to be like God, then we need to be loved. We need to be loved in a world that's dying for love. So really, the challenge that I would like to leave is firstly, let us seek the Lord with all our heart. Let's be open to His leading and allow Him to work in us. Let's run to Him when we need a refuge. Not walk or trot. Let's run to him when we need a refuge. Also remember that he may be using us to be a refuge for someone. Let's be open to that also. Let's just close in a word of prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. It's always timing. It's actually timeless. It's always applicable. And just, Father, we just pray that as we apply your word, we will do so with love. That we will always be seeking you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with us this morning to gather together, 
to share our concerns, to give thanks, but to remember that you are indeed our King. You are strong. You are our ever-present help in time of trouble. You are our refuge. May we just run to you, Lord. Thank you for that wonderful benefit that you've given us for our relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. Not only do we have salvation, but we have all that you possess through your love being given to us. Father, we just pray for continued strength, for safety, that as we leave this place, we would never forget your word, we carry it with us, hiding it in our hearts, that we may not sin against you. Wherever we go, Lord, be with us. Whether we go to the sanctuary, we go to our homes, we just pray that we work in our lives, that as we relate to others, they would see your love in us and be drawn to your Son, Jesus Christ, that you might be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.